Nathan started by saying it's all about Jesus and the church and it's all about Christ and today that is what it's all about it's about Christ and what is much better to talk about than the gospel which is about Jesus Christ so we'll start off to talk about the gospel and to see what the gospel is some of you might be wondering why even talk about the gospel why discuss this thing this is something we all know right why to talk about the gospel but I think it's the most important and the most crucial point which we must talk about because it's a very central aspect of our Christian faith. And uh, if I would have to ask a group of people, what is the gospel? We'd get different answers from all of them. Everyone would have a different definition of what the gospel is. Some would say, accept Jesus into your heart, pray this prayer, and you will be saved. Uh, they'd say that's a gospel and then if I would ask someone else and they would say uh, to the work of the cross you've received healing and wholesomeness and good health and that's the gospel uh, you'd ask someone else and they would say if you follow some rules and if you live rightly and uh, if you follow all the commands of the Bible that is the gospel uh, still some would say that Jesus loves you and he died for you and if you accept Jesus he has a wonderful plan for your life and that's the gospel and so if you've listened to me so far I've given you at least three or four or five different understandings of what someone would say what the gospel is so which of these is a gospel there is always a, a misunderstanding or there's like a different views of what the gospel is. Is there one gospel or are there many gospels? To sort this confusion is why we're talking about what is the gospel. And the best place we want to see from is Romans, the book of Romans, where Paul is talking to the church in Rome. Uh, do you know that Paul was persecuting the church before? And so Paul right now is saved and he's come back and he's trying to make a case to the church to say that I am with you, I am preaching the same message that y'all are preaching, I'm on the same side as y'all. And so we'll just run through Romans 1 to 4. We're not going to do an expository, so we're not going to do verse by verse, but we're going to see what Paul is saying about the gospel there. And so Paul's letters to the church in Rome is about this. He begins in Romans chapter 1. So if you have your Bibles, you can open to Romans chapter 1, verse 1. And he says, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God. This is what he also tells the church in Corinth. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with words of eloquent wisdom, but lest the cross of Christ be emptied in its power. And then again in chapter 2, to the same church, he reminds them, he says, I, when I came to you, brothers, I did not come proclaiming to you a testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you except Christ and him crucified. Now, before anyone assumes that it's the gospel is only to be proclaimed by the apostles and not us, 
or the good news is to be only proclaimed by the apostles, not us, only the pastor, not us. Uh, I would say that the Great Commission is for all of us. To proclaim the gospel is for all of us. Jesus gives it in Mark 16, 15. He says to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. So we all need to go and proclaim the gospel. <coughs> so when Paul introduces himself, he opens up Rome, the book of Romans by saying that he's here to speak about the gospel. And all he wants to speak is about the gospel, and that's what he starts with. And if you look at the same chapter, Romans chapter 1, verse 18, this is what he first tells them. He says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. What is Paul saying? He's saying, y'all are not autonomous. Y'all are accountable to a holy God. Y'all are accountable to someone. That y'all are not, you cannot live the life the way you just want to live. Or it's not your life, it's accountable to a holy God. And that is what he is saying. He's introducing people to a holy God. Which of us would like a corrupt judge? None of us. And what, uh, and none of us would like a judge who would let the guilty go free. And so, therefore, Paul is also introducing people to a holy and a loving God, but also a God who is just. And so that is what we must do when we are going to share the gospel with people. We must introduce them to a holy loving God who is also just. And too often when we talk about the gospel, we forget about introducing people to a holy God, or a God who is righteous, or a God who is loving. Uh, I think now a lot of us focus a lot on the loving aspect of God, but we forget sometimes about his holiness, about his justice. And so we must tell people about God in his entirety of who is who he is and then he goes on secondly to point out that humans have all fallen that we have all sinned he talks about sin so if you see again in Romans chapter 1 verse 21 he says for all they do knew God they did not honor him as God giving thanks to him but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Again, in verse 23, he says, and they exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal mans and birds and animals and creeping things. Two verses before that, in verse 21, uh, he says that all of creation, everything in this world, shows plainly who God is, and yet they reject him. What Paul is doing, he is introducing us to a God who is holy, righteous, loving, and just, who does not let go the guilty unpunished. And so when you are sharing the gospel, you also have to show, talk about a holy God, a righteous God, and a just God, and we have to talk about people being sinners, that we have fallen from that holy God, from that righteous God, and that we have sinned. Though he made us in his image, and though he loved us, yet we have fallen. We have strayed away from him. 
So what does this man deserve then? All humanity has sinned and deserves the wrath of God. That is the start of what Paul is speaking here. In, the, in from chapter 1 to 3, he focuses about all of humanity that has sinned and how God is holy and he's righteous. He starts this, see, if you look at Romans chapter 3, verse 9, he says, what then? He first focuses on the Jews. <coughs> Are we Jews any better off? No, not at all. For we all already are charged that all both Jews and Greeks are under sin. And then in that same chapter, chapter 3, verse 19, he says, Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped, so that the whole world may be held accountable to God. So it's not only the Jews or the Greeks, but all have sinned and fallen short of the, Roman, uh, uh, of the glory of God. And we see that in Romans 3.23, right? I'm sure that if you grew up in church, that is the memory verse that all of us will remember. Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so, actually, these first two things that I just told you about are not the good, is not a good news. How many of you are happy to hear this? So it's not the good news. It's not something that will get people excited. It's a pretty bad news. But we must introduce people to this news. For example, imagine if you're going to cross the road, and I just come and I say, uh, I love you, and I go and I cross the road before you, and I push you away, and then a car hits me, and then I die, and you might be wondering, what a crazy guy this fellow is. I, he pushed me away, and he went, and he says he loves me, and he died. But if you understand that there is a signal, and you're not supposed to cross when it is green, because the cars are moving, and if you explain the whole entirety of it, and then if you would have crossed, you were going to die. But I love you, and therefore I came and saved you. Then they understand the picture. So we must... Uh, expose people, we must tell people about God's holiness and man's fallenness. So those are the first two things that we are talking about. So, so what is the solution to this? Our righteousness, how good we are. No, we know what the solution is. That is Christ Jesus. He is the solution to this. We know that uh, in Romans 3, verse 21, he says, But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, there is a righteousness that has been manifested apart from the law. And he goes on to say that in verse 24. He says, and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. Thanks be to Christ Jesus who died on the cross on our behalf that we can be saved. You know, too often we start at the cross and we finish with only about God's love. You know, one of the examples I gave you, God loves you, has a wonderful plan for your life, and he died for your sins. And I ask you, that is one of the examples that people talk about the gospel. 
But what about, why did he die for me? What did I do? What about all the other things which we often forget? What about the bad news, the thing that sounded bad? If we would not talk about that, then people would take Christ for granted. They are not, uh, they do not see a holy God who is righteous, who is just. They see someone who just loves them and they see like a big teddy bear in the sky. We introduce them to a, a cosmic genie in the sky where they can just ask what they want and come to him however they want and just receive love from him and that's all. My God just loves me and I can just be the way I am and he loves me. But if you introduce them to the law and you tell them that, that you have sinned, you have fallen short of the glory of God, that he is righteous, he is holy, then they know that why they need that holiness, why they need Christ, why they need his saving work upon our life. Um, <clears throat> too often, we as churches over time have forgotten this. Or many churches forget to proclaim about this, the bad news especially, because oftentimes people don't like to hear it. People don't want to come when, they, when you're talking about the bad news. And so you only focus on the good news so that people will come. So that's the third thing which we saw. <coughs> what is the fourth thing? Finally, Paul tells them that we who are all here can be included in this promise. How can someone be included in this promise? They know that man has fallen. They know that God is holy. And they know that Christ is the atonement. But how do we get that? How do we receive that? And so we see in Romans 3.22, he says, The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. Now this is available to all who believe. In, again, in chapter 4, verse 5, he says, And to the one who does not work, does not work, that means not my own works, but believes in him who justified the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. He justified whom? The ungodly. Those who are sinners, he made them righteous. How do we receive this? this is, now this is the good news of what Christ has done for us. This is what we are talking about, what Christ has done for us. The good news is that we deserve the wrath of God upon our lives, but Christ lived the righteous life that I was supposed to live. He died in my place for the sins that I had committed, and because of his atonement, I receive place in this. But how do I receive it? Mark 1.15, Jesus, when he's calling them out, he says, the time has come, the kingdom of God is near. What do you do? Repeat this prayer after me, you'll be saved. Repent and believe in the gospel. We must call people into repentance. Acts 3 verse 19, again, the apostles took this seriously. They went and they said, repent therefore and turn back from your sins so that they may be blotted out. We must remember that we must call people to repentance. We have not preached the gospel, we have not shared the gospel, if we've only told people that Jesus loves them. We must talk about their fallenness and about God's holiness and that they must repent. Without repentance, they cannot receive 
Christ's atonement. And so all of this is important. How you might be thinking, you, you spoke for so long, how do we share the gospel for so long with someone? Sometimes we do not get that much of time. I'll give you all four points that will help you all remember this. Now I'm not saying this is exactly the way you must follow it. These are just helpful tools. God, man, Christ response. Four helpful ways to remember. God. Who is God? He's holy, righteous. He's just. And he loves us. And then man. Man was created holy. God loved him. He was created perfect. But he chose to sin. He fell. And therefore, he deserves the wrath of God. And then Christ, the atonement. He came and lived the perfect life that man should have lived, that I should have lived. And he died in my place. And his holiness is imputed to me. And therefore, now I've been made holy in the Christ of God. And then what? The response, the fourth thing, repent and believe. These are four things or four ways we can easily remember. <clears throat> that was the gospel to us in its very simple form. But I want to say, in the start, I gave you all some examples. What are they? What is that then? What are those examples? Are they also the gospel? Are there other gospels as well? I'm going to read what Paul is telling to the church in Galatia. This is what he's addressing there. Galatians chapter 1, verse 6 to 9. I'll just give a background. The Jewish circumcision party, who also were Christians, now we're telling the Gentiles that you also must be circumcised in order to be saved. So they were adding to what the gospel is. And so Paul is addressing that here. Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 to 9. I am astonished that you are quickly deserting him who has called you to the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not there is another one. That's our answer. But there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should come and preach you a gospel contrary to the one that we preach to you, let him be blessed, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now we say it again. If anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. Do you hear that? Paul is not saying, ah, it's okay. He is using words like, I'm astonished. You quickly deserted him. All for what? For the Jews were saying that you also need to be circumcised in order to be saved. They were just adding one small thing that was already there. Can you add something? Can you remove something? And we see this that this gospel was in Matthew and Acts and Titus, Timothy in Peter and John, all of these books, they warn of people who are going to come and distort this gospel that Christ has given us. So we must be warned against false teachers who come and distort the message or anyone else or anything that comes who distort the message. Look what Paul says. He says, if I come to you, that means I've given you the gospel now and I come back and say, hey, wait a minute, I have another one. 
if I come to you, or we, the apostles, come to you, or even if an angel from heaven came to you and gave you another gospel, let him be accursed. So what do we understand? That we are not to distort this gospel. We are not to take on another gospel. We are not to, this is not our message, brothers and sisters. This is the message of Christ. We are just messengers. We are just to deliver it. We are just the letter boys. We are the errand boys. That is what we are. We are to deliver it. He does the work in regenerating. He does all the work. He He's the messenger, and he works when the message is delivered. That is all we are to do. And Paul is clear. He says that not, not us afterwards, none of the apostles, not anyone else, nor angels, or not any other person who comes again and says there's another gospel. Do not accept them. You know what, oftentimes when uh, we talk about this, I'm sure many of you have had these discussions or you'll have heard of these things and um, you, I've heard this phrase often, you eat the bone and you, uh, I'm sorry, you eat the flesh and you throw the bone, right? So you receive another gospel, ah, that's okay, I eat the flesh and throw the bone. Is Paul giving us that option here with the gospel? He's using strong words here. Let him be a curse. That's a gospel that is contrary. All for just adding one more thing. What they were actually adding is something to do with works, right? So you, you're not allowed to add to it, not remove to it, not do anything. So when we present the gospel, we have to present it fully. And we're talking about what is a healthy church. A healthy church reflects Christ. And it's all about Christ. It's his message. A healthy church presents the whole gospel in its singing, in its preaching of the word, in all of that they do. What, what, what we are presenting you is just a small, minuscule thing of what the whole thing about the gospel is. We can sit with you and talk all day about what the gospel is and understand from the Bible what the gospel is because the Bible covers it so well. And so that is what it is uh, that we must understand. So today when we're talking about the gospel, we must understand that the healthy church, or we as healthy believers, will share the full gospel. Is this easy? I would say it is not easy. It's not easy to talk to someone about their sinfulness. It's not easy to say that they must repent. What's more easier for me to tell my friends is that Jesus loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And if you accept him, everything is going to be fine with you. That's easy. Who wants that Jesus? Everyone wants that Jesus. No one is going to reject him. But if you tell him that you have sinned before this holy God, and all of us deserve his wrath, and by Christ alone that we can be saved, now you have something where people can reject it, the message. And that, that often, the fear is mostly within us, more than the people we are presenting it to. And so therefore we do not want to present the whole gospel often. So what are the things that might hinder us from presenting the whole gospel? One is our own fears. One is you're thinking too much of the other person or what will people think? Or for example, if it's a church, I would think how many people will go away from my church if I talk this way or if I present about God's holiness, about his wrath? People will walk away. That's less attendance in my church. I don't want that to happen. And so therefore, let me only talk about his love. Let me only talk about his righteousness. But let me not talk about his wrath. Let me just 
put that away. And therefore, we, we put that away and we do not talk about that. But like I said, this is not our message. This is the message of Christ Jesus. And we should be faithful in presenting the message. This is what the apostles died for. This is what everyone in church history died for. The early fathers died for. Throughout church history, people have died for. They have not tried to manipulate or change the God the gospel and therefore we also must not try to do that and so if you ask me what is the gospel i just explained it to you and what is a healthy church the first thing is a healthy church is one that shares the full gospel without altering the message and that's it